Q&As are always some of the more enjoyable episodes that Katie and I get to do, because not only do we get to hear what the other person in this room is thinking about various topics, such as whether or not we want to have more children, whether or not we want to relocate in the near future, whether or not we think women should wear head coverings. You know, those are interesting questions, are they not? (laughs) And so Katie and I get to hear each other's heart in those areas, but we also get to hear what you, our audience, wonder, the ponderings that you guys have. So it feels a little bit more like a dialogue than most episodes. So we're excited for this episode. Yeah. So, so with that said, I guess we'll just get going. Okay. Re- before we get going, can I read a r- rating? Oh, please do. Okay. We're at 899 ratings wow. on iTunes, which is so crazy. And we just got to reading some of these the other day. And I wanted to Read one from Cameron because we know Cameron in real life. And so this meant a lot that he took the time to write this. He said, Katie and Elisha bring a joyous, honest take on building a family legacy in postmodern times. They offer unique, practical strategies that don't fit into conventional or ideological camps, but remain faithful to scripture with a victorious outlook for the future by focusing on what matters most. Like most guys, I'm not that into personal life details, but they find a way to employ their anecdotes creatively. Having met them, I can say that they are the real deal and practice what they preach with integrity. So wow! thank you so much, Cameron. Yeah, seriously, Cameron, that means so much. Uh, Not only coming from you because we know you and we're friends with you um but also just knowing your you know theological depth and that just means a lot so thank you for taking the time to write those kind words thank you to everybody for writing yeah i want to thank Lacey too she just wrote a review and i thought i was pretty honored because she said she only follows five people online and now that we're a family made the top five so we're very honored and humbled Lacey. so thank you for letting us know Right on. Okay. Well, I guess we'll get this. We'll get this episode rolling then. The now that we're a family podcast. Hey, are you? Are you nervous? Do you have any trepidation for this Q and A? I don't at all because I think because you guys are so awesome as our listeners, I feel very comfortable visiting with you guys. I feel like you really know our hearts. You know that we're not trying to tell you what to do with your lives, but we're kind of walking you through what the Lord is leading us in with our lives and how we're maturing. And so, I don't know. I, do, I feel like the bar set pretty low for these conversations. <laughs> but I'm also excited because we get a lot of these questions a lot. Hmm. And so I'm excited to address them so that you guys can know what our hearts are on them and we can move forward with a little more understanding. Yes, I, I'm, I'm grateful for that too. Not only does it like spur healthy conversation with you and me i think it is is also like it's just a little insight into what other people are thinking about what they're people that are in similar seasons of life as us that you know the questions that they're asking each other and and just considering so it's kind of fun i think to go through go through episodes like this okay so the first question i'm gonna ask you elisha is one that we have gotten for we've gotten this a lot okay And it was probably 50% of the questions we got asked the other day on Instagram. And that was, are you done having kids? Wow. That's nuts. You know, it's crazy that that, it's just kind of funny to me how much of a conversation piece that is. I mean, it makes sense with you and me because you're from a family of 11. I'm from a, you know, you're one of 11 children. I'm one of 10 children. And then we had our children really quickly. Um, But it's funny how like every time we get pregnant or right before we're having a baby or right after we have a baby, 
it's like all the questions flood in. Like, when are you, you have done? your next yeah, one? Yeah, when you have another one? Are you done? How many are you going to have? Yeah, I think, I think some people, you know, we don't view our kids as a number. And that might be obvious to a lot of you guys, but I think a lot of the conversation is like, okay, when's baby number five? Or how many kids do you want? Or like, each one of them is so special and so individual to us. And it's not like, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. You know, we don't have this like pace that we're trying to hit or a number we're trying to hit or like we've just really taken it one at a time and really wanted to enjoy the season that we're in with that child and not be like racing towards the next number. Although we have had our kids close together. That's just how it's worked out. Without a doubt. That's undeniable. They are close <laughs> together. And we uh, we clearly view children, I hope it's clear anyways, uh, we view every child as a blessing. And regardless of what, if you have one child, if you've got, you know, 17 children, if you've got, you know, adopted children, if you've got biological children, children are a blessing from the Lord uh, in, in, in any form that they come in. And so we want to celebrate every single child that we have as being a blessing from the Lord. But if you've listened to our episode, we, we can link it before. We've kind of shared our thoughts and our convictions around family planning and where we're currently at with that. And, and that episode was about a year ago. So maybe we've had a little bit of modification in some of our beliefs or what do you think? Well, yeah, actually someone asked, that was another question. Maybe we can answer this question first before the, are we done having kids question? It says, what are birth control options that you have looked into that are biblical and ethical? And I think that that podcast kind of goes through all of that. I would say though, with the whole birth control thing, we don't like to use that term. It might seem like semantics, but I think the language that we use is actually really important because it can define mm. how we think about things. And we don't want to really have control or think we have control over anything in our lives. Our lives are not our own. We've been bought with a price and Christ has bought us if you're a blood-bought believer. And so as a result, Elisha and I are not trying to control our fertility, but we do believe that like um, the scripture also says, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And so we don't think that there's anything wrong with developing a plan and praying and weighing family dynamics and all those things. We think the Lord's given us that ability to make those decisions. But I, for us, we don't like to use that term, you know, birth control. It's not yeah. something that we want to ever just really have that tight hold of control on. Yes, and th that I agree with everything that you just said. And we go into our convictions on that a lot more in depth in that episode that you referenced, because even in regards to family planning, there are obviously so many different approaches that people take to that. And I think a lot of popular versions are not biblical and are not healthy. And I do think a lot of it, you know, again, this can sound like semantics. A lot of it is has to do with your heart before God. I think a lot of the practices in it of themselves are wrong. But I also do think that you can be doing, you know, seemingly proper practices with the wrong heart in regards to your family planning and, and the size of your family and how you're going about trying to, you know, trying to schedule your children and, and spread them out and whatnot. So this is episode 106. That's when we talk about all that Okay, stuff. nice. Episode 106. And we get really frank with you, you know, so we're, we're very open. <laughs> Maybe a little too open. <laughs> okay. Okay. But are we done having kids? I certainly hope not. Yes. We we love we love our children so much. We, literally today it's it's Sunday afternoon right now, 
And on our way home from church, we were looking at our kids. They were like piling out of the car. And Katie and I just both gave each other a high five. And we're like, these guys are freaking awesome. <laughs> and I mean, they were all dressed up and their hair were com- was combed, you know, like they looked great and they were being very sweet at the time. And that is a, a vast majority of how we view our children and how our interactions with them are. So it's not like we have to just try to remember those golden moments. We really enjoy our children um, together. We enjoy being with them together. We really feel like a team and a unit with them. So they bring us so much joy. They're so much fun. And yeah, we've got four and we'd, we'd love to have more, but we don't know what that number is. We don't know when um, that timing is going to be right. So, I mean, for all we know, we could be pregnant right now, right, Katie? And so we want to be able That's to right. celebrate it. <laughs> we want to be able to celebrate it whenever that happens. Yeah, I will say we are still in a season of doing all the wrong things to get pregnant. (laughs) So that's, that is kind of where we're currently at. So it would have to be uh, the Lord really wanting us to have another baby right now. And we would be stoked about that. But just so you guys know a little bit of our journey, I guess, just with this last baby, because sometimes these personal details can feel more like, oh, kind of get where we're coming from. Uh, our fourth pregnancy with Lawrence was all my pregnancies have been hard sickness wise, but then with Lawrence, pretty much the whole thing was hard. Um, and it was, I really, really, really did not want to be pregnant again. And I was scared of getting pregnant and I did not want to get pregnant again. And I, I honestly, like I've had the whole baby fever thing for probably like four or five months now. But it has just been recently where I think I wrapped my mind around, okay, we really do want more kiddos. So I just need to get through this pregnancy process and try to make it the best that it can be. But um, I'm still in a season of really kind of fearing pregnancy. And um, I really pray that the Lord like continues to work in my heart. And just because I had a really hard, you know, last last one doesn't mean that this one's going to be terrible, you know, but I think mm. that it, this it's compounded. You, you guys who have really bad nausea know that the more kiddos you have, the more people are depending on you for meals, for activities, for uh, discipline, for all those things. And so when you're just wiped out, that puts a lot more pressure on Elisha and it puts a lot more pressure on me and it just becomes a really, really big deal. And our lives kind of grind to a halt for three months. And so, um, it's going to be a really big deal. I think when it happens. Sure. Yeah. They've, they've all been that. And like you said, they've gotten progressively harder, harder with, as you're taking care of little children while being pregnant in your first trimester. And then, like you said, even with Lawrence, it was pretty much all nine months you were dealing with a lot of nausea. Um, well the nausea and then my back, that was out on me the last three months. That was so brutal. You were such a trooper that entire pregnancy, but that, that third trimester was brutal. I know I have no room to complain. Like this is not me complaining because women have way harder experiences with carrying their babies. And I will say my labors are incredibly wonderful. I love laboring. I love having the baby, the endorphins afterwards. It's like the best high. I love it. So I know I've been really, really blessed, um, but it's still a hard season for us. And my back's given out with ever since Leon. Hmm. I think it was the first time I was just like holding on to the base of our bed. I got up to use the bathroom in the middle of the night and Elisha was like, what's going on? Because I'm just like standing there holding on to the baseboard or bedboard. And I was like, I can't move my legs. And um, it just kind of gotten progressively worse. 
So yeah, well then you bruised your tailbone too. You like I fell broke and had my an tailbone. Yeah. yeah, and also we, you know, Florence was breached. We had to turn him around again. Yeah. It could have been way worse, but it was kind of like, oh my word, that was a full year of really tough stuff. Yeah, and so I've been nervous to jump back in, but I know that um, I know that we want more children, so we pray that the Lord blesses us with more. Yeah, it is crazy. Even as you talk that through, you you mentioned, I think it is the proverb that man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. And as you said, even before that, our life are, our lives are not our own. We've been bought at a price. And then it says, glorify God, therefore, in your bodies. And when you when we lean on our own understanding, you know, it talks about that. Is that Proverbs 3? Is that Proverbs 3, 5? What is that? Yeah, trust, yeah, trust not. Not, or, yeah, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In but all your ways, acknowledge, acknowledge him, him. And, and he'll direct your paths. But it is interesting how Katie and I will just so catch each other leaning on our own understanding. Not that we shouldn't use what reason we can't we have and evaluate circumstances and plan our ways as best as we can. But it is interesting how he contrasts leaning on your own understanding with trusting in God. And I think that like where we're putting our confidence, where we're putting like our hope, that really determines where whether or not we're leaning in our understanding or trusting in God. And so even when we evaluate circumstances and we say, well, boy, that was a rough year. Would we want to do that? What, you know, what months would you want to be pregnant? Would we, where would we want to be living? How old do we want the other kids to be? How much money should we have or not have? And you kind of start looking at it through really man's wisdom. Then there can be a lot of angst that comes with that. I think we consider all those things. We contemplate those things. But then at the end of the day, Katie and I both, and this is where I'm so you know, encouraged and inspired by you because you've got so many legitimate reasons to be fearful, to, to have stress and anxiety regarding that. And we, and I want to live with you according to knowledge, but at the end of the day, you're trusting the Lord and not leaning on your own understanding. Yeah. I mean, Elisha and I have definitely looked at the calendar and we have kind of a sweet spot where we think that it would probably be the easiest for me to be down for a while. Um, but that said, I do have the freedom at this point to feel like if I was pregnant right now, I'd be able to be excited and welcome that pregnancy with open arms. And I can't say that I've, my heart's always been there. And that's where we ultimately want to have our hearts mm -hmm. to just be really excited yes. for whatever the Lord has in store for us, because he knows what, what our family needs more than we do. Um, yeah, so that was kind of a long answer, but... No joke. How many questions are we going to be able to get through <laughs> Two? at this rate? No. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Enjoy the Q&A, you guys. Okay, I want to talk about head coverings because I got to ask this one. We both did our thoughts on 1 Corinthians 11, 3 through 16, and we have gotten these questions for years and hmm. years, and it hasn't really been something we've talked about on the podcast. Um, I think in the past couple years... I have like my pool of Mennonite friends has really grown a lot of, we have a lot of Mennonite listeners, which is awesome. And my respect for that whole community has grown so much. I've told Elisha, I feel like I'm Mennonite sometimes without <laughs> like being actually a part of that church. Um, but I think that that's really spawned in me like this last year, hearing from certain friends, why they cover their heads and stuff like that. It's kind of brought it to the surface in my mind and, you know, bringing it up to Elisha, talking it over and, and stuff like that. So we get this question a lot and I thought we would 
I don't know, kind of answer it. Yeah, I should have really gone and read the context of this because it's been a while since you and I have had this conversation. Yeah, I and, bring it up every like six months. <laughs> well, it was a lot more of a prominent conversation early on in our marriage because we are part of a church where it was, it was, it wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't required that the women cover their heads for prayer or that they wear head coverings, but it was highly encouraged. Yeah, and I'd a say, lot of the families did. Yeah, more than half of the of the women covered their heads, and so therefore it, it prompted the conversation for, between you and I pretty regularly. Um, and, and so I think I was a lot more familiar with the context of the passage that, I don't know if you can read the, the passage. Do you want to read Do it? Do you have it pulled up? I don't I have, have it. I have it pulled up. Yeah, if you've got it pulled up, why don't you read it really quick? Okay. Um, I do want to say this answer is not going to be a satisfactory answer for those who feel convicted about covering their heads or those who feel convicted to not, uh, because that is kind of where we are at. So I was kind of waiting to answer this question until we felt clarity on it, but it just seemed like a good time to bring you guys into the conversation. And I hope you guys know this is just kind of what is going on in my head and maybe a little bit of Elisha's head. I don't think it's like something you think about on the daily. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, like when you mentioned it, I should have spent more time contemplating it because I haven't thought about this for a really long time. You know, ever since we moved away from Bend, the, the churches that we've been a part of since then, it's just been a non-conversation. Nobody that I'm aware of you know, none of the women, I should say, cover their head uh, when they pray. And, and I don't think any of them wear head coverings. Um, and no. So we both grew up in church communities or like neither our moms do or aunts or grandmas or anything mm -hmm. like that. We grew up in the evangelical, in a, a sect of the evangelical church that just didn't cover their heads. And they believed that the woman's covering was her hair. And so that was kind of the covering. Um, but yeah, just like the the past year I've, I've thrown this around. And I will say I have been wearing a hat to church for the last, since January, 2022, because I have felt so conflicted on this and I'm not sure where I stand and, uh, or what I think about it. And I do think though, that it is such a big deal to say, okay, this is something I feel convicted about and I'm going to do. Um, because it's not an easy thing to do to yeah, cover your head whenever you're praying <clears throat> um, mm -hmm. to either have something there or I, I have seen some women just put their hands over their heads or, you know, but to actually have like a head covering around all the time is not like you need to be convicted about that to do it. And I've, I've seen some women do it on and off. And I, it's not something I, I either want to really believe that God's word says this is something that I should do or or not and, and have freedom in that. Yeah, it's you interesting. Know? I'm just in real time here trying to evaluate my own heart because I know the, I would say the very human, maybe carnal part of me is just thinking, come on, what's the big deal? Like what's, why, why, why would it matter? Why does it not matter? What's the practical ramifications from this? And that's such a human and really fleshly way to look at so many of the things that God's called us to, because we were told very like definitively, I think in Isaiah, I'll find the passage and put it in the show notes, you know, that as high above, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts, God's thoughts above our thoughts. And it's like, we're told that God's ways are not our ways. And so it, I think it should follow that they're, that it's not going to always make sense to us. And we're not always going to be able to, with our own reasoning, come to the same conclusion and be like, okay, I see what God was saying there. I see why he had, why he intended that. I'm going to go ahead and go along with this because I 
because my reason really aligns with his reason. There's going to be so many things in life that I think we won't know why he told us to do them until we get to heaven. And is it a blessing sometimes to see the positive ramifications of his ways? And here on earth, it's great. But like, just like Thomas, Jesus told Thomas is like, you know, blessed are those that don't see and believe. You know, like you saw the holes you felt, and then that took you to believe. But even greater is the blessing for those that truly, with that childlike faith, say, "Okay, God." And and I'm this is a big roundabout way for (laughs) for me to say, (laughs) as we approach this conversation and the weeks and months to come, I do want to have that heart towards God's word and what He's called, how He's called His children to walk and to act. Yeah, so I think we both have really open hands with this whole conversation. We have very open hearts. We want what the Lord wants. And um, it's just not something that we've either of us have felt truly convicted by, I should yeah. say. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to just read the passage real quick if you're unfamiliar with it. It said, I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of every woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. I do love that authority structure laid out. It says, every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. I think that's where we get like, take off your hat Mm -hmm. when you pray kind of thing. But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered, dishonoreth her head. Her head in this instance being her husband, Mm -hmm. not her. Not God or Not her actual like head. It's basically, I would cover my head for Elisha. Me, yeah. Well, and that's where and I, I feel like... I think that's where I felt <clears throat> kind of like, well, you know, I bring it up to Elisha, and Elisha's like, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> so and that's I'm, where I feel like I am, I have a apathy maybe to a point of, you know, sin in this area, because I don't feel anything. I don't feel dishonored. I don't feel honored. And, and yet this is speaking, I get you'd be doing it for the honor of me. And so maybe it is dishonoring and I don't even know it. I, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I just don't know what I think about this or, or how I feel about this, because this clearly is... Um, at it, it's pertain well, it's always pertaining to honoring God if God's told us to yes. do it. But the the real practical playout is the wife and the husband here, and and so yeah, it's just got to be a conversation for us. Yeah, it says for that is even all one as if she were shaven. So it kind of goes through this, but then at the end, and how we were raised is this verse down here. I think it's the sixth. Uh, the 15th verse. And it says, but if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her for her hair is given her for a covering. So I think that's how people and how we've grown up is kind of like, well, your hair is your covering. Hmm. So you're good. You know, it's not, it's not something that you put on top of your hair, but um, I'm not sure that that actually makes sense when you read it in the context. It kind of sounds like it's something else. So I'll, that's just our conversation to say, you guys ask us a lot about this and we aren't super clear on it, but our hearts are soft in this area and I don't really want to prove one way or another. Yeah. Like at this point, like yeah, we'll see, yeah. we'll, we have open hands and hearts and we'll see. Um, any land house purchase yet? Nope. We've got, we've had a couple of things like we've put in a couple offers, offers, accepted earnest money stuff like that gone in and out of contract but currently no yes currently no we the places where we want to live are very very hot places to buy hot markets yeah Yeah. so it's it's quite the journey it's not like you just go out and you find a house and you buy it or a piece of land um do okay someone said no smart oh no smartphone tips thank you oh tips for not having a smartphone yes wow 
Well, how, what are we, six months? No, not six months, because you just January, lost February, March, April, April four, four months. months. We're four months into no smartphones. I mean, I guess I'm a, over a year and a half, and then you're four months in. Elisha has to just yeah. want that a little bit there. You was the leader. Uh, but I'd say that it overall has been really good. And I think the logistics, logistically, it's really only a thorn in our side when we, when we travel uh, out of town. And that's only been a few times over the last few months. Um, but I've already learned for our upcoming, we're actually getting ready to head out of town uh, this week for, for a little while. And I've just had to be a lot more proactive and looking at directions, make sure, making sure I've got phone numbers for Airbnb, you know, contacts, not relying so much on, on, a, on the things that you could just pull up, you know, at a, at a moment's notice with your phone, directions, places to eat, you know, coffee shops restaurants, contact info for various people that we're going to be visiting. I want to make sure I've got that organized in a very, you know, kind of analog way to be able to uh, access it at a moment's notice when we are traveling. So that's something that I've adopted because that's really been the only true pain for me, I think, is traveling and the logistics of that. Um, everything else, even though it's there's less convenient things, I, I've... I like those things. I like that some things are less convenient with the day in and day out life. Yeah. We get asked this a lot. And I mean, I, I will be the first to say I'm not like a super empathetic person with certain things. When people are like, Oh, I don't know how I would live without my X, Y, and Z that I'm like, then just embrace your phone and live with it. Like, yeah. like there's nothing wrong with having a smartphone. If you want to get rid of it, throw it in the trash and move on with your life. Like that's kind of, what I come down to is like, if it's worth it to you and it's a great resource, then that's awesome. Like, don't feel bad about it. Yeah. Celebrate it. If it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's great. It's working for you. Like for Elisha and I, it wasn't working for us. So we just got rid of it and then we figured out the rest. And, and that's, that's the thing. When you don't have a smartphone, you figure it out and it's actually not hard at all. Um, okay. So we got asked a few questions about specific ministries and what our opinions were on these ministries Oh, interesting. that were kind of more controversial ministries. Okay. Uh, so I'm guessing you're not going to list them off based off of the, that cryptic intro, which is good. No, I'm I not. Think, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, I think this is something that Katie and I really appreciate about each other. And it's something that we appreciate actually about both of our parents as well and our upbringing. And that is, you know, it's so funny how I think that Christians don't have an issue when, like if, like, for instance, I recently read uh, Napoleon Bonaparte autobiography, right? It's an interesting book. It's historical. Um, or it's, sorry, it's not an autobiography. It's just a biography on, on Napoleon Bonaparte. And uh, you Christians wouldn't look at that and say, oh man, he aligns with, the, with everything Napoleon believed. Like he's, you know, planting his flag and that crazy, that crazy guy's camp and his political ideology and how he viewed military and all those things. No, it's just like, it's an interesting read. And I was able to garner some things for my own life in reading that with not agreeing probably with anything that Napoleon agrees with, right? And so I think that's a very extreme example. But when it comes to Christian ministries or Christian authors or people within the title of Christianity, it does seem like people are really quick to um, like assume 
that you just align with everything that that person stands for if you own their book or even if you you know recommend their book or if you listen to a podcast of theirs or you read one of their articles and 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 I'm not saying that I shouldn't be more you know discerning when I'm going to a Christian author versus a secular author. I think there does need to be more discernment with those things, but I think that Katie and I both love learning from anybody and everybody and there are many Christians that we disagree with like 99% of maybe what they stand for or believe in, but we're stoked when we get a nugget that's helpful to all how we, you know, how we interpret scripture or that's helpful for how we view marriage or that's helpful for how we train our children or that's helpful for how we view different areas of our life. Would, would you agree? Yeah, I think you said it really well. I think that we grew up really with the whole term of like, take it with a grain of salt. We really do that. And because of that, we've been able to take incredible takeaways that have really changed our family life from ministries that I wouldn't say I I could vouch for all the way. You know, mm. they have some crazy ideas. Like often, um, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but when you find someone that's just like passionate about saying something that you kind of feel like you'd never say, but you agree with, you're like, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. But then this person also is so passionate about everything they say. And so then they're super passionate about saying something that you totally don't agree with. That's what some of these ministries are like, where like everything they say is so hardcore and some of it were like, yes, like we so align with that. We're so glad you're saying that. But then when we've recommended that ministry, people come back and are like, oh my goodness, you believe all these things that this teacher or pastor or ministry vouches for so wholeheartedly. And we're like, no, we recommended the one thing. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, even saying some of these ministries here, and it would be difficult for some of our listeners to believe that we could have taken something from that ministry and applied it to our life. And so that's why I'm not going to say them because we've just over time felt like, you know, it's not worth triggering people. It's not worth, um, you know, we can share the nuggets that we learn yeah. um, versus pointing you to their whole ministry and then having you come back and um, be bummed out about it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't want to, I don't want it to sound like we're wishy-washy and we just think that you should no. go around um, with no filter and no um, like wisdom and who you listen to, we certainly want to be wise in who we, what kind of content we allow into our home. And we don't just say, yeah, anything and everything from all, you know, every person's perspective on you know, the Bible and on Christianity, on a marriage and on whatever the moral issue of the day is. We want to hear all the perspectives. No, because we are influenced by those opinions and we're influenced yes. by that literature. And so I don't think that you can be flippant and just say, well, hey, read anybody and everybody and just take the good stuff because it's putting a lot of pressure on yourself you know, to do that. And just as, as humans, we are susceptible. Like we're susceptible to to false teaching. We're susceptible to being led astray. And so, you know, the, this term, this is, this phrase has been used, but it's like, yeah, you can be open-minded as long as you've got an open Bible next to you all the time. And I think that that is, you know, for, take, take, take it or leave it for what that is. But I think that's kind of Katie and I's heart with so many of these things. It's like, we want the Bible to be the authority. And when we read a concept or read of an idea from a Christian person that might be 
you know, radical in an area or polarizing in an area, if, if it aligns with God's word and we find it helpful and, and insightful, then, then we celebrate that. Um, but vice versa, but, and likewise, if that's the case, we don't just want to then adopt everything that person has to say. Too. Yeah, I think it's kind of some people maybe that are a little more radical. So mm-hmm. they say kind of flamboyant things. And some of them are like, oh, we'll agree with that. And some of them are like, we don't agree with that. But mm-hmm. that can be hard for you if we just recommend the ministry or say we've been greatly impacted by this ministry to weed out what that means. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that probably wasn't a very satisfactory answer. But I just think that Katie and I, we've just gotten so much backlash for mentioning some of the encouragement we we've received from various ministries. Like, wow, this was my favorite marriage book. And you're like, do you know that this lady said this? Yeah. And it's just like, well, her book still greatly impacted my marriage and I still think it's fantastic, you yeah. know? Uh, and it's not to say that that other thing that they said is right. That's if it's wrong, yeah. it's wrong. You know, and if yes. it's bad theology, it's bad theology, or if it's unbiblical, it's unbiblical. And so we certainly want to acknowledge that as well. But as they say, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. It's true. Sometimes <laughs> we find the nuts. Oh, man. Okay, what are some new traditions that we have made for our family that we didn't do growing up? Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I feel like this is starting to happen more and more. Yeah, our kids are at that age where traditions are starting to become a part of our home. Yeah, and I, I, didn't, I don't think I predicted how enjoyable it would have been. And that's something that I'm so grateful for, Katie, is that I think you and I, from early on in our marriage, came into, started our family so grateful for our upbringing and so having so much respect and admiration for our families, um, our siblings, our parents, but really desiring to be our own family unit and yeah. to like have our own traditions. And we're really starting to discover that. And I feel like we're in a really sweet season right now of experiencing that and kind of living in that. I think the Sabbath dinner being like one of the big ones, you know, that whole 24 hour Sabbath that we started taking and the things that are a part of that, the games that we play, the books that we read, the songs that we sing, the tea time we do, the, mm. all of it. Like, yeah, basically that whole 24 hours has a lot of tradition in it, it already. And mm-hmm. it's been really special. Yeah. Yeah. That's and then something else that you did. I don't know if you think it's going to be a tradition or not. Is that like Advent uh, thing you did? Do you think that's going to be a tradition? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I was going to say just the Christmas season because you and I, even though your family did celebrate Christmas later, you didn't as a kid and I didn't yes. as a kid. Yep. And that's something that we're doing with our children. And yep. so that's all new to me. And it's been really, really, really special. Yes. Yeah. It, was, there, was there something else you were going to say? Oh, I was going to say um, this is just something we've done over the last like six months, but the catechisms in the morning. Oh. So both of our families memorized scripture, but we didn't do like the catechism thing. I don't know if your family did actually. No. My family didn't do, um, wasn't like catechized. (laughs) And that's something that we're doing with our kids. And it is so encouraging to every morning, just hear truth after truth after truth of God's word. And yeah, uh, that inspires me so much because a lot of times I leave before breakfast or I'm, I'm gone when you guys are, when you guys are doing those. But the couple mornings a week that I'll hear you doing those with the kids is so awesome. And I'm so grateful that you've made that a true just routine. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a genuine routine for you and the kids. Like you get breakfast, you all sit down, the kids bring the book, you go through those, those questions, you go through your Bible memory, you go through the songs that you guys all sing and it gets me fired up. I'll be like in the room next door getting ready for my day. And the truths that you're reminded of on a 
daily basis through those question and answers, through the songs, and through the scripture, uh, is just so foundational for the day. It's like for who we are as Christians to remember what Christ has done and, and what he's called us to. Uh, but to be able to do that on a daily basis and have that that routine now is such a tremendous blessing. And I'm so grateful you've implemented that into our into our home. Yeah, so that's been pretty special. Yeah, you should share some of those resources maybe in the show notes because you're going through like a specific book, right? Yes. I think I've shared them in the Get It All Done Club and I can share... Um, them on the resources page on nowthewarfamily.com. Yes. And by what's so cool about this too, because this is something that I think w- was really challenging for me um, up until recently, maybe up until this last year, is having like routines and having structure, knowing that it's going to be uh, executed imperfectly. And what's been so cool, I think, through the Get It All Done Club, through the growth initiative, through various coaching that Katie and I have both received um, we've really been able to develop systems so that even when, you know, the kids get sick or even when we're traveling and you get thrown off of your normal routine, you're able to jump back in to something that truly does feel like it's a part of your life. And the way you've been able to kind of habit stack with, you know, breakfast and we've been able to now have all these like really, I think, wholesome and healthy and edifying traditions that are linked to that just Sabbath dinner and that 24 hour rest period makes them very sustainable and we don't hit these things a hundred percent of the time but we always come back to them now they are they are a true tradition for us and a true routine for us and that is it just really blesses me yeah it has been really fun i think that's all that we should answer on the podcast whoa there were some other juicy ones in there so we're just going to save those for later no i'm just trying to (laughs) Trying to keep the audience (laughs) wanting more. Well, there are, but we, I kind of gave, I gave three of these to Elisha before we started, just like a heads up. Yeah. And I'm just not willing to drop any of these bombs right now. Yeah. I, I, I vetoed like six or seven of the questions because I was like, we are not getting into that in a quick episode. And so maybe someday, you know, some of these more uh, controversial topics will be discussed in more detail, but yeah, today. and we'll answer some of these on Instagram too. A few of the more like real quick answers, we are going to do those on Instagram. Nice. That's fun, Katie. Well, thank yeah. you. That was awesome. Thank you guys for asking questions. And I know that a lot of these might not be super satisfactory, mm. uh, but that's just kind of where we're at with some of them. And we wanted to open up and share where we were at with them instead of just like not addressing them at all because we don't have this like, Okay, and this is what we've decided, you know? Yeah, we've probably talked about this before on the podcast, but Katie is a, you know, I think it's the Colby, you're a quick start, you know, and and, and I'm less of a quick start. Uh, I don't think most people are familiar with, with the Colby. Colby. Okay, well, whatever. It's a, it's like a strengths finder type of... A Colby uh, A index is how you work. Yeah, it's how you work. It's, it's like in a work environment, how you, where you gra- naturally gravitate towards, like what your strengths are. Um, but I'm just saying that to say that when Katie and I came into our marriage, I was a lot more, um, I was a lot more reluctant to like plant my flag on various topics and issues. And Katie was a lot more quick to plant your flag on various topics and issues. And this caused conflict early on, I think, because you, you would assume that I was wishy-washy and then I would assume that you were like legalistic. I think that they were, those would be like the, the assumptions that we'd both jump to where you would want a black and white answer. And even if you knew that there was some nuance to various questions or, or topics, 
you just your personality was to just pick where you stood on it and say that was the right way, whether or not you thought that was just kind of like how you communicated. That was what I would communicate. That's what you would communicate. And even if I thought there was a clear answer, I would be a lot more open to hearing different opinions, I think. And you'd present it like you weren't super confident. Yeah, super confident. And then over time, you, you became very confident in my convictions. And you're like, oh, he really does hold to convictions in some of these more important areas. But I'm saying that to say that I do think that we've found a way together as a couple to come to, you know, like-minded convictions, even if one person's further ahead than the other and how they feel about something and somebody's kind of lagging behind and coming to a, you know, agreement on a topic in life. I think that in general, we've really come to appreciate each other's um, maybe natural inclination towards convictions and answers on on various things that life brings at us or that the bible talks about and so does that make sense so i think that that, like you guys are kind of getting a little bit of that real time processing right now because katie was saying like we're in process with a lot of these things and that's and this is what it looks like (laughs) yeah i do think that we've just grown in a lot of trust in our relationship so now when elisha says he's not so sure about something i don't take it to mean like you don't care. Anything goes, you know, I'm like, okay, when Elisha is convicted about something, he is convicted and he doesn't budge on it. And I think I've grown in a lot of grace. I think being online, I think hearing from a lot of different perspectives, hearing from women from a lot of different backgrounds. I think I, I hope I have grown in understanding like, wow, things aren't as cut and dry as I used to think. And so I want to be slower to just you know, spout an opinion and just be like, oh, this is right, you know, and just say it dogmatically because there is a lot of nuance in some of this stuff. Yep. What? That's, <laughs> Long pause. That's it. That's that's everything. Good. That was awesome. Cool, Katie. You rock. Thanks for listening to Thanks this episode, listening. you guys. And if you enjoyed it, we love seeing when you guys screenshot the episode and share it in your stories so we could see who is listening. If you guys tag us, we would love to reshare that. So thank you guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.